This is The Art of the Hookup, your straightforward guide to a successful sex life. I'm Georgie Wolfe, an Aussie escort, a total hookup enthusiast. Welcome to episode 15. Feel like your sex life needs a bit of a makeover? Sex coaches and therapists can be great, but they're not right for everyone. And there's also a lot you can do on your own to get better at banging. Nat C is here to help you pull yourself up by your own sexual bootstraps. Before we get started, just a reminder, this podcast is adults only. And with that, let's get into it. Hi, this is Georgie here. I'm a writer, sexual adventurer and independent escort from Melbourne, Australia. My mission is to talk honestly about all the stuff you need to know to have a great hookup. And by that, I mean finding the people that are right for you, negotiating amazing sex and walking away feeling good about yourself. When was the last time you got a bit of sex education? For many of us, the only time it happens is during sex ed at school or if we have to go to an expert to solve a specific problem. But we can all benefit from learning to do better and it's totally possible to boost your sex skills all by yourself. And this is where Nat C comes in. She's a queer sexual health promotion project worker, writer and podcaster who's on a quest to start conversations around sexual health and sexuality. She's joining me on this episode of the podcast to share her thoughts on sexual self-education, how to get started having better sex, no previous qualifications required. Hey, Nat. Hey, Georgie. Nice to talk talk to you. It's been a while. I know it has been a while, but uh, I know I'm excited about doing this podcast, actually. I'm super excited and just super excited about chatting to you because I think last time we met was for your New Year's Eve special on Joy Radio, if I recall. Yes. Yes. So you, so we did on Joy 94.9 on Triple Bypass for New Year's Eve, we had a, I think, sexual resolutions episode and we had that really great chat on that and it was all about checking in for, you know, 2019 and looking ahead to 2019. What are your plans? Yeah. And here we are. (laughs) Everything's gone to fucking shit. I know. Then our plans to be the best bangers were just, it was foiled. So Totally foiled. Hashtag (laughs) pandemic fucking sucks. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah. I feel like the conversation we're planning on having today is kind of in addition to that, that we were talking about what we wanted to do and now we're talking about like how to do it except that we also have to talk about how to do it while being being like shut in our fucking apartments. But I'm sure we can work with that, right? Yeah, we can definitely work with that because I think it's actually, I mean, you know, looking on the bright side and like there's so many, you know, gloomy sides to this pandemic and, and everything that's going on in the world. But I think if we want to try and find a bright side, it's that, you know, we do have some time to think and to focus on ourselves mm-hmm. if we've got some space to do that. And I know for many of us, we might not have that um, luxury at the moment, but, you know, I think it's still nice to do some, some things for ourselves, um, you know, yeah. regardless of what's happening. Looking after ourselves. And so I think that there could be a bit of room for this conversation. But before we get stuck into it, could you tell us a bit about, like, where you're from, how you got an interest in this sort of stuff and what you do at the moment around um, sexual health and sexuality? Yeah, sure. So I get my background is in journalism. So I was a journalist for about 11 years working in pretty, you know, straight mainstream kind of journalism, news um, newspapers, television, um, did a little bit of mm-hmm. magazine stuff. 
Um, so that was kind of my angle, I guess, talking to people and trying to, and it wasn't about, that wasn't about sex stuff really, but it was really about talking to people and mm. figuring out, yeah, you know, like how people tick and how people react to things and what's important to them and what they're hung up about and what they've got shame about and all that kind of stuff. Asking the important questions. Yeah, and you you learn, you know, so much about the world uh, in doing that because that's what, you know, I guess the main uh, rule of journalism is. It's your showing the world itself, basically. And so that would kind yeah, of... And maybe yeah, yeah. The stuff you don't often talk about and sexuality is totally a part of that, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I think those sort of formed the skills uh, for me that I would late then sort of take to sexual health and sexuality. And I kind of got mm-hmm. into sexual health promotion work from a community development volunteer feminist kind of background, um, you know, working with some local groups on, you know, community gender equality action. And then I started working for a women's health organization in sexual health promotion. Um, and Good then stuff. I, yeah. And then I continued on into a, another organization. So that's kind of the, the mainstream side to what I do is sexual and reproductive health promotion um, and all aspects of that. So really talking mm-hmm. about safer sex, talking about sexuality um, and keeping a really sex positive lens on that. Um, and then I guess in my non-paid work time uh, was some time co-hosting Triple Bypass on Joy 94.9. We did a monthly sexual health and well-being segment and that was how. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I also uh, write a zine called That Bitch, which is kind of sexual health and sexuality focused as well. So I think my interest in this kind of, I guess, this aspect of things, it probably really coincided Mm -hmm. with me coming out. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, really? I think so, yeah. Uh, So that was probably about four years ago. Uh, Oh, wow. I had no idea that it was such a short time ago. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I think, well, publicly, I mean, to everyone else, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) of course, of course. Um, Yeah, so I think it was kind of a bit of a... I mean, I'd always been interested in, I think anyone who does this kind of work or writes about this always has the same story of like, I'm, I was always interested in sex from a kid. I remember being quite sexually aware from a young age um, mm-hmm. and being really fascinated by that, like sneaking into, we used to have this junk room in our house where all the toys and stuff were. And my mum had like a, uh-huh. a whole bunch of magazines in there. And one was this woman's weekly with like a sealed section. <gasps> the sealed section. We yeah. all remember because we're of that generation, you yeah. know. It was, yeah. and it was, it was like a very, like it was just Women's Weekly or something, but it was pretty, it was quite intense. And I remember sneaking in there so regularly, like to read it and to masturbate. What was it? What was the sealed section about? What I, I need the details. <laughs> I think it was just like a very hetero guide to like better sex, but it was do you know there's something about the 80s and early 90s in women's magazines that were quite yep. um that were actually quite 
sex positive. No, I don't know if that was sex positive, but there were actually there was a lot of information, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it was a- sort of like eighties women's lip was actually got quite sexy. Yeah. Oh, completely. Like in a yeah. world that I just don't think you would find that kind of content in a women's weekly now. Like <laughs> at the moment, well, it's moved to other arenas now. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But for me, it was Cleo. I'd go to the doctor's surgery and I'd be sitting in the surgery because I didn't buy magazines, but like Cleo or girlfriend would be oh. sitting in the surgery and I, then there'd be the sealed section about how to give a blowjob or something and I'm, like, looking through that shit when I'm 16. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I, I, like, Dolly, so Dolly and Girlfriend, for me, like, I was the biggest magazine um like addict growing up. And I still remember being, it was 1995. I was 11. I was in year seven and I asked my mother for $3.50 so that I could go and buy my first Aww. issue of Dolly, which had a lovely in it. Um, and it was the best. And I just remember reading all of the sex information. Um, and I was just like, this is great. And I still remember one of the tips was like, make sure you have a box of tissues handy so you can clean up after or for afterwards just in case and I was like okay <laughs> but I was like 11 I was like what the hell do you need that for like what, what do you what would that be <laughs> and also like I hate to interject like and this is the problem I have with sex advice in magazines there it's like almost there but not quite it's like <laughs> yes be prepared to clean up but you don't don't use tissues to clean up jizz because it just disintegrates the tissues and you end up with bits of tissue stuck all over you and I know this from experience so it's like they were all like almost all were almost there but not quite there Oh, yeah, totally. I know. And also, too, I kind of felt like in retrospect, when I look back on that and the audience that was pitched at, I was like, yeah, well, you probably should have just been encouraging condom use potentially um, and kind of flagging that that might help clean up, you know, for that kind of young. Oh, my God, you're right. Like that shouldn't shouldn't even be an issue because at that stage it should all have been in the condom. Yeah. Fucking hell. I know. But, yeah, magazines like that were really – um, you know, like so many of us, you know, during that era were really the, you know, like they, like they taught us so much and whether it was right or wrong, um, you know, they really formed that kind mm. of um, view. And I think, you know, I grew up in regional Victoria um, and I'm 36. So, you know, that kind uh-huh. of like um, midnight, mid to early, mid to late nineties kind of era. Yeah. We're same era, like 38, same deal. And, yeah, Yeah. you know, like it's just, you know, the the schoolyard, like, you know, the schoolyard lessons of sex are, you know, they're swift and they're brutal and they're pretty heteronormative. And And conservative, yep. Yeah. And so that really, you know, they're, you know, if you're a, um, you know, if you're a woman or if you're, Queer, you're really on the back foot. Um, yeah, you're getting some pretty bizarre ideas about how you're supposed to behave because the kids that are telling you what you should be doing, they don't know any better either. Oh, totally. And that, you know, for me, that really formed so many, uh, so much of how I viewed myself and my sexual self growing up and that haste mm. to want to be a sexual being, um, you know, really informed so many of my sexual interactions as a teen and in my 20s and so yeah. I think for me when I came out I was like uh-huh like huh okay like you know I kind of had to do I'm like I'm gonna go back and do some unlearning um yeah right yeah this is why I think that a lot of this is a general a generalization but I kind of think that a lot of queer folk 
are actually um, ahead of a lot of um, straight people in sex ed and in consent and talking about sex just through necessity because no one ever patted you on the back and said, here's the Disney movie that shows you how to do um, gay stuff. So, like, we had to work it out on our own and so we had to develop those skills and it's sort of left, it's left some people behind because people have been brought up totally hetero and have been relying on the porn mags and the Disney movies and shit. That's not good enough, but but it's enough to make people not realise that maybe they need a bit more information. Oh, yeah, totally. And I think, like, you, you know, you've got, you, you learn the, the mechanics and the biology of that kind of view as well, but then you also learn these, I don't know, like, there's a lot of, you know, toxic heteronormativity kind of um, weird ass stereotypical bullshit yeah. or judgy bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to say that, you know, queer folks can't be enacting <laughs> those same uh, toxic dynamics. Yeah. Of course. Um, you know, we know that happens. But yeah, I think that was, that's definitely something that I reflect on a lot. And I, you know, I know a lot of people I know do as well because it's just been you know, a hard thing and we've had to unlearn stuff. Yeah, the unlearning and getting that kick up the pants to unlearn, like, holy shit. And it happened for me when I realised I was bisexual. Holy yeah. shit, I don't know what I'm doing. Now I need to go work this out. And it, and it was like that wake-up call uh, oh, that made yeah. me really get interested in sex and interested in finding out other people's experiences. And I feel like a lot of us maybe don't get that kick up the butt um, unless there's a specific problem or issue that we need to suddenly get over. And so I'm kind of wondering, like, um, yeah, like what can get people started uh, trying to get better at sex and trying to learn when it's not something that we're kind of told to do. Yeah. Apart from that whole sealed section business. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I think I guess when we're talking about, you know, being like, you know, inverted commas, you know, better at sex, I think, you know, the first thing that I always think about, you know, is and I guess it's just I bring that back to like my own journey, my own experience, and it was really about, mm-hmm. well, what do you really want? Like what do you really want? What do you really like? And do you know how to acknowledge that within yourself? Mm. Um, sometimes we don't know what we want or sometimes we can't admit to the things we want because they're too scary or weird yeah. or unconventional. Yeah, totally. And I think it was really about, you know, I think that's sort of one of like the building block of so much of this stuff. Cause I think, you know, when we have conversations often in, you know, like mainstream settings, like those kind of mags or articles, clickbait kind of articles that we're talking about that kind of profess to teach you how to be better at sex. And mm-hmm. this is why where a podcast like yours is like so valuable and amazing because it really goes Ooh, I like you. Yeah, yeah, but it's true. Like it really goes beyond like that surface level and it gets down to that level of, you know, like the actual really underneath workings of what it means to be, to have a really beneficial and satisfying and enjoyable. The stuff. Yeah, the stuff. Yeah, the stuff we actually need. This is a bit of a rant, but I got really pissed off. Um, Like last year there was an article going around on Facebook written by a, a sex therapist or a doctor, yep. and it was about why you shouldn't put, like, stuff in your veg, like why you shouldn't put yogurt or garlic or, like, you know, things oh, that people use as yeah. homeopathic remedies. And yeah, this, it sure. sounds good, like, and everyone clicks on an article wanting to know why you shouldn't put yogurt in your veg. <laughs> yeah. But it was super shamey. It was all like, and as if you put garlic in your veg, everyone knows that it's a stupid thing to do. And it didn't actually tell 
women or people with veggies, like right. what to do as an alternative. Yeah. It was just an excuse to have a rant without giving anyone any actual useful information. And it just seemed really self-indulgent and a shitty thing to do to people to tell them off for doing the wrong thing, but not tell them how to do the right thing. Oh my God. Right. And like, that's been the, that's the whole um, realm of sexuality. That's not relegated to cis men <laughs> is that it's like, you know, we're not going to tell you anything about your own sexuality everyone else we're not going to you know you're not going to have representations of it but we are going to shame you for doing things that you know are foolish or stupid or whatever but we're not going to tell you if it goes wrong it's totally your fault but we're not going to tell you how it's a bit like you know it's like if you're I always liken this to like um people watching porn like if if no one ever taught you how to drive and every time you asked for someone to show you how to drive they're like oh no no you have to work that you know that's we can't talk about that you need to work that out on your own. And the only way you could learn was by watching action movies. <laughs> Fast and of course period. your sex, yeah, yeah, of course your driving is not going to be great. And it's like that with sex. Like how can we, we never share any actual details about how to do it. And then we expect people to learn by watching stuff like porn, which we know is not realistic. And then we shame them when they crash. Oh, totally. And that's exactly, I 100% agree. And that's how I feel about sexual health as well um yeah the constant um <laughs> the constant rub with um or the, the tension I find with um sex education you know with young people it's kind of like or, or you know not even just with young people with everybody like we're always telling people like here's mm-hmm. all the stuff you need to do to be safe etc yet society is so you know, still relatively sex negative and really yeah. at the core root of all sex education and mutually um, respectful and beneficial sexual encounters, no matter what they look like, is the fact that you really have to look deep within and kind of tackle your own shame and yeah. be a bit uncomfortable. And I think that often the people and the conversations in the environments in which we're having these sexual health and sexuality discussions you know, sometimes we're giving a double message, like we're saying, hey, it's really sex positive mm-hmm. and you should do this and embrace and love your body. But then society, on the other hand, takes it back and is like, yeah, but it's also really shameful to do this, etc." Yeah. So, and no one's really tackling that together. Like they're not saying, hey, you should do this and this and this. And let's acknowledge that doing these things that are really important actually is really fucking hard because you're going to feel anxious and ashamed and embarrassed and because people are going to get like shame you for talking about sex. Like we don't talk about that. We just go, here's the things. Now go and do them. And everyone's left going, I can't fucking do, I can't talk to my girlfriend about contraception. I can't, like, you know, I can't ask for consent. That's too fucking hard. How do I even do that? People are going to laugh at me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that is the thing. And I think, um, you know, that notion of, oh, we're supposed to know what to do already. That was something that was really, um, you know, and I know I'm not alone in this, but like, for me, mm-hmm. you know, I'd spent my, um, my teens and, you know, my twenties and, you know, like, you know, my very early thirties, like being, um, you know, having sex with, um, you know, straight heterosexual sex, um, you know, mm-hmm. I'd absorbed a lot of the social messaging around what that sex was supposed to look like and what kind of person yep. I was supposed to be, you know, things that I, and that, you know, it was really hard and really complicated and that really subtle messaging around what makes you frigid, what makes you a slut, what makes you yeah, acceptable yeah. or not acceptable or whatever. Or when you, where have you crossed the line? Like, are you still on the right side of the tracks? Like, totally. Totally. The big one for me was just, the big lesson for me 
in my 20s was just go with it. Whatever happens, don't say anything, don't make it awkward. If something's happening you don't like, just go with it. Like just, you know, just shut up and hope it all turns out okay. And that is the worst fucking sex advice ever, to just go along with it no matter what's happening because fuck, some bad shit happened that I went along with and I didn't know what else to do. Completely. And I think so many of us um, experienced yeah had experiences like that for sure I mean we we, you know we know and you know I think what I found so confusing about those times were this expectation that especially to that real era of like sex in the city confident gal (laughs) like that kind of thing like oh well you you're confident and you're in charge of your own sexuality and empowered empowered women yeah you're an empowered woman and you need to know you know this and you know this and you know this and it's like cool and then all of a sudden there was this expectation that you you know you knew what you wanted during sex and like of course Mm -hmm. I did know what I I did know what I like but I'm (laughs) Like it wasn't necessarily what I was supposed to like. So the message was yeah. so confusing. And at the same time in that era and still now too, just to talk about dude's experience, also there's this, there was this sort of like, well, you know, sex is out in the open now, we're sexually empowered, and uh, but there was still that expectation that dudes, particularly hetero dudes, are just supposed to know what to do oh, for sure. and that if they didn't know, they were fu- fucking useless and failures or if they couldn't get a heart on, they were useless and failures and um, and there's very little wiggle room for blokes around that too. So at the same time that we're thinking we're trying to navigate, you know, how, how we should behave and then they're shitting themselves in case they do something wrong or in case they look like they're less experienced at the same time. It's just like this big fucking disaster totally. situation. Like no one, no one was winning and, you know, you know, at the mo- at like that still happens now, you know. And so right. I think in that, you know, I guess just in that sense of, um, you know, like being your own sex coach kind of thing, I think that is why it's so crucial that very first step to just really be about, you know, really like I think even just taking some time to kind of reflect on what past experiences have been. And you know that, you know, when we did that mm. New Year's episode and you were kind of, you know, you shared your little, um, you know, look back on a on an encounter kind of method. Like, it. Yeah, like what what went well, what what am I proud of, like what would I do differently kind of thing. Yeah. Which I, I actually had a um, – I did a podcast episode really early on with a, a guy friend of mine who actually brought a list of everyone he'd ever fucked to the – to the podcast recording session oh my God. and then we sat and this was a consent episode so it was consent specifically but where he sat and went through person by person everyone and reflected on how that experience was and I actually feel like that's really fucking cool like if we oh. sat down and went through every experience like not just consent but everything like did I have a good time was it great did I click with that person did I could I have done better could they have done better were they addicted to me how could I spot that kind of thing next time I love that Oh gosh, yes. Because it's like if you really, you know, yeah, sit back and like reflect on like each person or each experience and like, mm. what, you know, what did I do that I was, you know, proud of or what could I have done differently and what did they do? Yeah, like it's, yeah, it's really, yeah. oh God, it's valuable. It's helpful. <laughs> also, but kindly. Yeah. Not looking back and going, oh, I fucked that up. No, I'm no. a loser. But looking back and going, hey, so none of us knew what we were doing back then and this is what I do in my 20s. I look back at a lot of those disasters where I felt bad or I made someone else feel bad but kindly and saying, wow, yeah, that was a fuck up. But 
I didn't know better at the time and I was doing my best and I was uncomfortable and they were uncomfortable and it's nobody's fault. We just didn't have the information we needed. So that's like being kind to yourself is really important. Oh, definitely. Completely. Um, Yeah, I think so too, because so often when we're, you know, talking about sex, there's so much of it that's, you know, comes back to shame or not doing, you know, the right thing or acting in a way that, you know, may have made us seem, you know, not like not with it or not on top of it all or whatever. Um, and yeah. we need to really kind of let go of that. So I think that's, yeah, being kind to yourself about past experiences and, you know, how you're feeling about it at the moment is a really important part of kind mm-hmm. of, you know, beefing yourself up in, you know, in that kind of aspect of your own sex education. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like that, that admitting, admitting that we all feel a bit ashamed about sex and admitting that we all feel pressure to know what we're doing, but actually none of us really know like that, that's, yeah, that we can't really get anything useful done until we admit those two things. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, just that really, that acknowledgement of, you know, like, okay, well, this was like maybe a social system or an environment that I grew up in. And here are the things and the experiences that may have happened to me or you know that I may have been involved in that sort of shaped how I feel about myself and how maybe I feel Mm. about other people and I think yeah like that's something that I've sort of felt quite heavy into the last couple of years is really kind of uh stopping Mm. and and recognizing some of like the ways that past experiences have shaped Mm how I feel about partners, whether they're partners in a relationship or people I've hooked up with casually Um, and just Mm. kind of trying to, yeah, be kind to myself about ways that I, you know, things I may have said or done that I felt, you know, ashamed of and just kind of go, okay, I recognise why I did that now or I recognise why I was triggered in that encounter or. um, It it was an understandable thing that happened. Yeah, totally. And I think like that's that kind of listening to yourself is really one of the first key steps in having a better sex life, you know, no, whatever sex looks like for you. Mm. Um, is just- and this is something that we can do with a therapist. Like you can have a counsellor um, or, a, you know, a sex coach or whatever and to talk through this stuff. But I don't know if it's something we always need a therapist for. Like maybe it's easier if you've got someone to talk it over with, but there's nothing to stop us, any of us from just sitting down and, having a think or making a list or going, hey, so, you know, how do I feel about the last five or ten years of my sex life? Uh, Like we should all be able to have that conversation with ourselves. Yeah, completely. And I think, you know, like, yes, for some of us, you know, having a a therapist or a a sex therapist or coach to guide us through that, you know, might be an option or that might be what we need. But, you know, I think too, like if you – really if you're able to sit with yourself and you know even just even just think and reflect in your head and like sit with the thought for mm. you know like five ten minutes at a time or whatever um you know or even write down a few notes I think like that like that's huge because yeah you know for, I mean look and I fully appreciate that there's many of us who are way ahead ahead um you know, in this kind of journey or, or this kind Had of... a lot more practice yeah. and thinking of introspection and shit, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, like, if you're just, like, back at sort of, like, square one and you're starting this off, like, that is a pretty important first step to really Massive. kind of go, I'm going to reflect and think about that 
because uh, if you can sit with those kinds of thoughts um, and, you know, let the feelings come and go, like let shame come and go, like let, you know, pride come and go, like think about how you felt in interactions and why you felt like that. What was it that made you feel great or affirmed or not great mm. or was, you know, was there an act of, you know, violence or whatever? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like that is really super important. I feel like this is a skill we don't teach and that often like, you know, being self-aware or introspection is seen as some sort of like weird sort of intellectual thing that you can only do if you're, you know, if you're super smart or if you're, um, if you see a psychologist or whatever, but I kind of think that everyone should just be able to sit and, and have a feeling and that it shouldn't be a big complicated thing. We shouldn't have to get all intellectual or deep if we don't want to, but we should just be able to think about stuff that's happened and then have a feeling about it and let the feeling be there, that, that, that it's a pretty basic thing that kind of everyone should be able to do. Yeah, totally. I think a lot of this kind of stuff tends to be, um, yeah, discussed in realms that aren't really accessible to people. Um, mm. And the, the fact of the matter is that, you know, no matter if we're, um, you know, Oh, like no matter where we fall on a sexuality spectrum or, you know, whether we're just having sex with ourselves or having sex with heaps of other people right. or, having, or not having sex at all or whatever, yeah, like regardless of that, sexuality is something that is that does play a part. Like it's something we're all entitled to, you know, to have or to, you know, reject. Think about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it doesn't have to be a big intellectual thing. And I think this is the really shit thing about, uh, you know, so much of that kind of discussion. It's like, it's that like pleasures should be accessible to all people because we're all deserving of that. It doesn't have to be um, a big highbrow kind of discussion. Um, yeah no it shouldn't doesn't need to be highbrow it's just a thing that humans do and I guess this is the problem I have with a lot of sex ed that's out there because there are there's a lot of books there's a lot of like we we all do sex ed these days in school like there's stuff right yeah but often it's not it's all about the mechanics or all about the dangers but it's not about how to how to enjoy yourself like that that sort of crucial bit around here's how to make sex pleasurable and that it's okay to seek out like stuff that feels good that that, that's kind of often missing yeah and I think that um oh totally I think like when it comes to I mean look and I'm not really involved directly in the youth sex ed space I guess me neither to be clear and I know people who do so I'm not trying to take a dump on any of their work because I know some people who do incredible work yeah totally and I and I you know I work with um with some of them who who are doing great work, I think it's a really challenging space to be teaching young people about sexual health and sexuality. Mm. And I think that um, while, I mean, look, I can't speak for like what's being taught in in the schools. I know for independent right sex educators, yeah, like I know for independent sex educators who'd be you know the people that you know and that I know as well. Yeah, um, you know, they definitely have a. Uh, you know, like a more sex positive focus. And I know there is like really a yeah. push for pleasure to be part of that. But I think how that's how pleasure is included without freaking out uh, parents or yeah. the system is probably a pretty delicate dance to right. kind of navigate. Yeah. The fact that we can't 
that it's it's still really hard to get someone to walk into a school of like a sexually active age kids and be like sex is pleasurable and good for you and if you want to do it you should be allowed to like the fact that that seems radical is really fucked up the fact that we're allowed to talk about how sex happens and everything else but we're not allowed to talk about the whole reason we're doing it in the first place which is that it feels good yeah yeah oh and that it's a natural thing that we all want to do or most of us want to do yeah and I think like the reason um you know a lot of that comes back to well you know like I guess the thing is like in order to really be talking about sex like you really have to be uh confronting and dealing with your own sexuality in a sense and you know every single one of us have something that we're still unpacking or um, working through it doesn't matter like how evolved on the (laughs) sticks around man like that sex shame stuff is just really hard to get out yeah totally and so I think that um that's like one of the the biggest things is like you know unlearning shame and uh you know like really thinking about what it is you like when no one's watching you um yeah kind of when you're not being judged yeah when you're not being judged when you're not being looked at like not performing sex because I think that's um you know I think that would probably be you know like the second on my the second step on my being your own sex coach kind of thing is Uh is really about you know like uh sitting reflecting thinking about you know those experiences and then maybe the second thing would be okay like if no one and now is a really good time to do step two I (laughs) if no one's watching because you're alone in your fucking apartment due to a pandemic what do you want your sex life to look like yeah totally and like there's a step system but I'm kind of like you know like because I think it's it's so interesting because at the moment everyone you know there's so many like masturbation memes going around and you know, like right. discounts on, you know, uh, vibrators and everything, which is amazing. I fully support. Um, it's, you know. Self-exploration stuff. Like this yeah. is a good opportunity to do that work, right? Yeah, totally. Like it's, and, you know, I think that we, um, you know, like we kind of were always like, yeah, masturbation, of course. Like that's, of course, that's, you know, working from home. Like all you do is. You know, have- <laughs> working from home, inverted commas. <laughs> And I'm going to go for a lunchtime Maz now. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so glad it's not just me. Oh, no, it's everybody. Like, <laughs> just, yeah, I'm like, how many times a day is too many? Um, yeah, it's, it's when you're too sore and you have to stop. <laughs> yeah, it's when your hands are cramping if you're going. Um, uh, yeah, but I think that, you know, this it's kind of like uh, – I think we just sort of take sometimes I think and even myself sometimes I'm like god you know I'm just taking masturbation for granted like and you know we're kind of like in a real like at the moment like okay there's this weird crate like this pandemic's happening it's like the weirdest fucking time Mm -hmm. and you know I also just want to flag too that like you know everyone's in some way or another, struggling at the moment. and In different ways, right? So we're talking about sex, but obviously at the forefront of some people's minds is when they're going to get their next meal because they just lost their job. So let's right. not, like I've never, obviously would never forget that not everyone has the time to pursue this stuff right now. Some people are just trying to survive. Yeah, totally. Well. Totally. And I think that, um, you know, that's really important to remember. Um, I think that if, you know, this is something that you – are thinking about or you know like you do have time for in some way which Mm. you know like I think it's worthwhile it's worthwhile and I think that you know 
we can often just take, well, I don't know, like I've had conversations with friends of mine who are, you know, like in their thirties and who have confided in me that they don't masturbate, which I, like I found, like, I found like really like, yeah, sort of shocking. And I was like, Oh, I wonder if they're masturbating now. (laughs) Well, I'd love to know. Yeah. And (laughs) I would like to know too. Tell me. (laughs) That's really creepy on my friends. I'm actually quite excited (laughs) because I have a friend who is uh, now that all this has happened, they've been working on like a guided masturbation, um, sort of online um, session and they're a sexological body worker so they're like as like therapists around sex stuff and they're actually about to launch this like um, online guided um, sort of um, thing where people can explore their bodies and find out what's pleasurable like slowly and do masturbation in a more learning way rather than just doing it the same way we normally do all the time which can get really boring when you're doing it six times a day on lockdown (laughs) yeah no I love that that is like that is so yeah, I love that because so much of, um, particularly when you kind of just like, oh, you're at home, you're in your pajamas, you haven't been out of your pajamas all day, like, right, you know, you've you've lost all sense of routine, and you just like got to clean your teeth, yeah, and you're just like continuously going back to like <laughs> rub one out, um, on the same porn or the same yeah. getting off the same way every time, yeah, totally, and it was just sort of like you know you have to kind of, sometimes it's like you got to shake it up, like, uh. Mm-hmm. the other day and I didn't do this because and I sort of I don't know why I didn't do it but here's a lesson for me too like I have a really big backyard and it was really sunny and like beautiful out there mm-hmm. and I was like oh I feel like I just really want to go and masturbate in the backyard like oh that's so nice yeah. I'm assuming you've got a fence yeah I do I have a great fence and it's a backyard perfect no one would see um and I didn't do it but I was like yeah that might be kind of nice you know all this sex advice that you read in the sealed section of Cleo, like have sex somewhere different outside the bedroom, like that applies to masturbating too. Masturbate somewhere different. Try a different position, um, you know, try and slow down, all that stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, totally. Because, you know, you just like you and, you know, also too, like when you're masturbating so often we're like we're masturbating uh you know, like you're doing it to satisfy a need. You want to get off and like mm-hmm. you know how to get yourself off and you know you're quickly as possible. Yeah, as quick as possible. It's like so you can get back to your your <laughs> conference call. Yeah, can you get back on Zoom. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to get this done. But, yeah, it's really, you know, I think it can't be, it sounds, um, it's not self-indulgent to want to do that differently. I think that's a really, no. a really important thing to do for yourself. And I think that, um, you know, it's sort of, I mean, to me, it's kind of like, oh yeah, that like, that sounds legit, but like, you know, that's, that's pretty, that might be pretty revolutionary for someone else. And I think that it could be life changing. And some people just don't know, like, if you don't know what you like when you're having sex with someone, the way you start is having sex with yourself and experimenting and working out what feels good yourself you know yeah totally like free from you know just like there's no pressure like you don't have to you know like it's not about anybody else I think that that and that's how you learn then like what is really important um yeah when you are having sex with other people and it just you just know then and I think that that's where that you know thing about you know just knowing inherently like 
you know, you're not just going to know inherently, like you actually have to find out, Yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. We're very lucky to stumble across things we like in bed by accident. Usually it's just trial and error, which means making the errors. And if <laughs> yeah. you can make those errors by yourself when no one's looking and be like, right, never putting that clothes peg on my labia ever again, <laughs> then that's good, right? You can make those, you do those little experiments in a safe yeah. place without people going, hmm. Not 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 down on that at all. By the way, some people love that shit. Yeah, no, like that's that's cool. Like you know, but like if that's not your thing, you just pop it in your little book and you're like, yeah, yeah, wasn't now I know. Now I know. So it sounds like we've sort of moved through like a few stages of like you know coaching yourself to better sex, and one is just admitting that we're all a bit ashamed and that we feel this pressure to just know we need to let go of that, and then the second is like introspection, like thinking about your past experiences and just like thinking about how you feel about them, even if it's just in a really like general kind of way. Yeah, totally. And then and then third, we're sort of talked about like taking it back to the one-on-one stuff and, t- you know, learning how you like to touch yourself and how you get off without the pressure of someone else being around. And then once people have moved through that and they've experimented and they've learned some stuff, what's, what's step four? What's the next, you know, what's the next like belt, you know, in sexual self-education, do you reckon? Oh, I mean, I guess it's kind of, I mean, look, it could be so many things. I think it kind of depends on, you know, when we're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, I sort of, I'm, I'm, for me, I'm loath to kind of say uh, recommending like things to read or like watch or whatever, but. Because we don't know exactly what someone's into and what they need. Yeah, right? exactly. They, they might need a basic, like where, where do babies come from, or they might need the Kama Sutra, or they might need fucking, um, you know, SM101. You just don't know. Yeah, I think like, you know, looking at outside resources and it doesn't need to be, oh, like you have to go and buy like this really extensive, um, you know, highbrow collection of sexual how-to books or anything like that. It might just be like, mm. um, I don't know, like reading some articles or like uh I'm just trying to think of, you know, I think for me it might even just be like, hey, I'm going to like get a new um, book of like, I don't know, like for me it's like lately I've been like I really want to read more like um, printed like erotic mm. stories as opposed to watching oh, porn. that's great. Yeah. Yes. Kind of like switching things up a little bit. But it might be yeah. you're like, oh, maybe I'm going to, I don't know, I think just like kind of going on a bit of an exploring journey about what's out there. Let's see what comes up. Yeah, like I think just going where your mind goes. Like, you know, for me uh, that was kind of about, um, oh, I don't know, like, you know, like I read, I was really interested in like, you know, and this was probably less about sex and more about my, um, I guess, relationships with other people, but it did affect, Mm -hmm. it was affecting my sex life. So that was kind of about, you know, how my attachment styles and how I was interacting with people and I felt about jealousy and sex and that kind of stuff. So that was kind of good stuff. Yeah. So like for me, that was reading the ethical slut because I was like, that was kind of the first step for me to think about Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. And a lot of us, like, when we start out and we start thinking we want to learn stuff, that I know, like, we hit the internet and a lot of the stuff on the internet is shithouse, but also, like, things like the really good books, often I got onto them because a friend recommended them. And I'm sort of wondering, for those people that don't have, like, super sex positive or super sexually experienced friends, when they go out there and they start Googling or looking for books, like, how do you tell the good from the bad? How do you tell something that's going to um, help and educate and not shame you from something like, say, the game, for example. 
because it's really easy to end up going either way depending on where your Google search leads you. Yeah, that's a really good point actually. Um, I know I kind of am like, oh, God, everyone knows, don't they? And then I'm like, no, it's really hard and there's so much out there. There's so much out there and all, all my friends send me things because they're sex nerds, but I understand not everyone's friends are sex nerds. Yeah, um, that's like true. sometimes we're just like, where the fuck do I go? And when I find something, is it legit? Yeah, totally. I think um, I I guess from like early on, maybe and this is the advice I would kind of give is um, I went to places or websites and that I guess this may, you know, I went places that I knew would be queer friendly and sex positive, but I, I suppose I mm-hmm. had an understanding about what that meant or entailed. Was. Um, Could it be a feeling? Like if you land on a, a site or a page and you start reading and halfway through you're like, this this article is making me feel ashamed of what I'm into or this oh. article is making me feel ashamed that I don't know more and that's a bad sign. Completely. And I think you can really tell like when you, um, you know, when you're reading anything or like not reading anything, like when you're watching like, uh, you know, a video or, you know, whatever, an article or something, um, reading an article, I think you can really tell from the tone um, mm. that the person has. And I think if you're, you know, like I, I guess there are some uh, environments or communities in which it's easier to find the people who are kind of uh, talking about uh, the mm. you're interested in and the things that sort of represent you and your values. I think that's probably sometimes easier yeah. than others. I think if you're probably a – you know, I'm guessing if you're a straight uh, cis man, uh, that might be harder to kind of navigate, I feel. It kind of is if you're not niche. Like if you're queer, there's queer spaces. If you're into kink, there's kink places you can go. And if you hang out there long enough, like Fet Life or yes. find Facebook groups or Reddit groups, and you'll eventually start to get a bit of a feel for what people are up to and you can start to pick bits of information out. Yeah. But just for like good information about straight sex, it's like you've got to be careful because you could end up, uh, in a in a place where people are just awful to each other and shaming each other for not knowing what they're doing, yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, totally. I think that's really hard, and I actually think too. Um, oh, you know, I think that. What am I trying to say? So I think maybe you know, like years back, when I was probably in my early twenties. I mean, this is what I used to do when I was like twenty twenty one. I would go to polyester books. And oh yes, oh my god, that was the day I used to make make a pilgrimage to polyester from Sydney yeah. once a year. <laughs> yeah, well, like it was so good, and I like I used to just, I just like really troll the shelves um, because this was you know like when you would still go into an actual bookstore, and I would just sort of troll the shelves and I would <laughs> look for like anything that was related to sex or, um, mm. and that was sort of how I first started like reading about um you know maybe more kinkier practices and and what that Mm -hmm. involved um and sort of sometimes yeah like we don't even know sometimes what we're into but then browsing books or browsing the internet and we'll just see a little thing that and something inside you goes that's interesting and that's the sign that you're waiting for to know that maybe that's something that you might be into and it's just a, a matter of wandering around until something tugs at your interest to get a bit of a hunch that maybe that's for you. Yeah, you know? totally, totally. And I think like, you know, sometimes for more, you know, like, so that would, that's kind of like that, oh, you know, I'm going to have a look and see like uh, what I like and I'm, I'm interested in that and like I've always been interested in that and I'm going to learn more. I think sometimes, you know, particularly 
when it comes to things like, uh, like, you know, coming out, um, Mm. (laughs) you know, like I'd never had uh, sex with anyone else, you know, with the vulva, obviously, when I came out. Oh, God, it's so scary the first time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I think that I, I think for me, because I didn't really have a queer community around me at that time, I did Mm -hmm. a lot of that really on my own. Um, Fuck, good on you, man. Yeah, like a lot of that finding out, that trial and error, that probably like, you know, being a bit embarrassing or, you know, like, you know, not being as cool or as suave as I had potentially been in my um, straight sex encounters earlier. Because we're starting again. Yeah. Like you're learning a new and a new skill, you're going to feel like you don't know what you're doing. Totally. And I think that I relied really heavily on um, uh, and, and not so much for like, guides but really as just kind of like a supportive like way to guide me through the website autostraddle which is for queer queer, queer women um it's an american uh-huh. website and the writers are just so great and funny and they have like lots of really fantastic sex guides but also just pop culture articles but it was that was like a really important resource yeah. for me early on because i was like i need someone to kind of be like a big older sibling and guide me yes and i didn't you need that yeah and i didn't really i i that. Sorry, oh, sorry. <laughs> I actually had that when I was in high school. Someone, and I don't know who it was, but God bless them, wrote a website and I stumbled across it. And this was back in the early days of the internet. So it was like, you know, two colors on a page. It was pretty bad. But it was basically some bloke that had just decided to write really practical sex advice for, for the complete novices and just put it out there. So it was stuff like, hey, so let's talk about like getting the right size condom. Like, oh. let's talk about sex and how it works and like, whether you should shave your bits or not, like just really stuff that I would, that you'd normally get from an older brother or sister or a friend that knew a bit better but that no one normally shares. And it was great. It was just like finding that old, that slightly older person that was like, okay, I'm just going to tell you some stuff that you really need to know. Oh, for sure. That's gold. Like that is gold. So good. Um, And because like that's the, you know, it, I think and that was sort of, yeah, it's like it really highlights um, some of the, um, you know, the nuances and the differences in what we get in sex education. And I don't mean in mainstream sex ed, but even just in like the Clio, et cetera, kind of sex mm. guides. It's like, you know, they were always about like, you know, how to give the perfect blowjob, but no one was like, here's how you eat wiggle. Like, I was like, oh like for God. fuck's sake, <laughs> we're missing something here. It's not the full picture. Yeah, I know. Uh-huh. Like, what do you mean? So that's why, you know, and actually like a friend of mine who um, came out like last year, that was like one of, they're like, I'm just, like they had had a lot of, um, you know, like, they're in their 20s and they'd had like a lot of sex Mm -hmm. um, with men and like they were probably I would think of them as some kind of guru in that respect Um, Mm -hmm. but then you know like they got a girlfriend and they were just like I'm so scared that she's just gonna think I'm shit yes and what if I do the wrong thing and I have done the wrong thing with with um you know people with vulvas and they're like I don't know why you're doing that. Can you please stop? Because I was just inexperienced, but I felt so ashamed. And it's like, it was so, it was really demoralizing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Like, you just like, oh, God. Because you think about all, like, I mean, you know, and this is, I realize everyone's experience isn't the same as mine, but, you know, like, I think back to, like, 
you know, I think back to some of my early blowjobs and I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, what was I doing? But I was a lot younger, so I've just buried them in the past of, like, whatever. Um, Uh, Right, and I think a lot of guys that I slept with when I was, like, 18 or 19 or 20 and their attempts at giving head. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God, this is (laughs) – this is is this how everyone does it but of course we just don't know like and none of us know what we're doing and there's no point shaming anyone because we're all just like oh god I'm just gonna pretend I'm just gonna try and do my best you know yeah totally and I think that's why you know like it's always this you know like here that's the tension with porn now it's like well you know at least you can uh you can find uh representations of the sex that you're having and have a look at what's going on. Um, I guess the thing is it's like often that might not always be quite right. realistic. Um, <laughs> so like, yeah, take that as you, I mean. <laughs> so this is the next step for me after the, um, the getting, dumping the shame, um, dumping the expectation, the introspection, the self-pleasure, and then the, the looking for information. Um, it's the, it's the common sense and the test and the trial run. It's the, okay, I found this thing yeah. and this bloke on the internet says that X works really well, but bloke on the internet doesn't know you, Yeah, you know, and it's a case of taking the thing you've learned and being like, well, firstly, does that seem sensible or does it seem totally whack? Because if it seems totally whack, maybe it's just fake news and I should skip over it. But if it seems legit and it's something you want to try or um, actually going and trying it and then going, okay, yeah, that works, or no, that was not right for me because we're all so different. Like no sex advice is going to be one size fits all, you know? Totally. And I also, yeah, like, I mean, if you're reading or watching anything and it sort of doesn't have the caveat about that, then that's probably what I'd, you know, run from. I think like, yeah, definitely it's you, you do just eventually need to do the field work if you can experiment yeah and sex lab some people call it sex lab yeah and I think that like um you know like that's not all I think too like that's not always an option for everyone um this is true right and sometimes the fear of getting it wrong is so great that the idea of experimenting with someone else especially if there's someone we don't know well is just it's like no fuck that I'm going to stick to the straight and narrow because I do not want to fuck up yeah totally and you know you I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like sometimes it's like you. It feels so. I oh, will like. I have to make this experience good because you're like, oh, there's so there's things on the line. Like, you know, is it your reputation? Mm-hmm. Or is it like you want to see this person again and you don't want to fuck it up? Oh God. Yeah, I think like also, um, if we're talking about having sex with other people, I think part of that kind of, uh, you know, being your own sex coach kind of thing is really acknowledging when the person or people that you're with are not necessarily acting or, you know, not, I suppose, Mm. not aligning with your values and how you want to be treated in the sexual encounter. And I think that that is a huge one for so many people. Totally. You know, it doesn't matter how much you read or learn or experiment or how much of an idea about what you want you get. If you're with people that aren't interested in what you want or in pleasuring you or in respecting what you need, then you're not going to get very far, right? No, totally. And I think that actually being able to uh, acknowledge that and then go, okay, cool, like, you know, um, that's sort of like where I'll leave it with you kind of thing is really hard if you've been socially conditioned to want to please people or um 
you know, if sex is involved in kind of your uh, makeup in how you interact with other people or how you see yeah. you in yourself. Um, and also it could just put you back at square one, like, oh, well, I was wanting to experiment with sex, but the person that I've been doing it with is a bit shitty. And so now if I say goodbye to them, I'm just back to solo sex again. So it almost seems like a, it feels like a step backwards. I don't think it's a step backwards, but it sure feels like it sometimes when we have to give someone up. Yeah, totally. And I think that, you know, I, like, I know for me personally, I, for a lot of when I was, this is when I was younger, a lot of my sexual encounters, um, not all of them, but there were many of them that did not feel like it was a mutual pleasure game kind of thing. And I felt, oh, that sucks. Yeah. And I felt, and it wasn't that they were, uh, violent or unwanted it's just that I didn't feel like uh voicing what I needed was as important yeah and maybe they felt like that too because it's super common particularly if you're a chick um that it's about dudes getting off and then as long as that's happening they're like yeah good sex and that's kind of it totally and that was really sort of like the way um you know that I had like what I'd seen growing up and like in my 20s it was more just about um yeah like you know, like the sexual encounter was enough. I wasn't so, I wasn't so much thinking about like the, um, you know, they may have been disappointing, but I didn't really know how to flip that script. So totally, totally. Um, that's a hard thing to confront or to try and change that. Oh yeah, totally. And I think a lot of that just really comes back to, um, you know, once I sort of started to really get more in touch with what it was that I wanted or, you know, like, uh, just thinking about the things that I'm like, okay, well, this is what actually really turns mm. me on. Um, yeah. Then that, Once you know, you can't unknow. No. You know? And that became easier. But back then it was still really hard because I hadn't unlocked a lot of that stuff. I found it did go that way for me. The more I experimented with what I wanted and the more I started to get an idea of what I did want, the more I started to notice when people weren't giving me what I wanted. And it actually became easier to start to say no to bad sex once I realised that I did actually want good sex. Oh, yeah. And it sounds counterintuitive. It sounds like it would make things harder, but actually it made it easier because I realised that I was not going to be satisfied with shitty sex and it meant I was going to have to work a little bit harder, but that's that was the best possible outcome. Yeah, and what a payoff. Like, that, you know, mm-hmm. so awesome to kind of uh, have that realisation. And I think too, like, you know, um, Oh, it's really hard because sometimes, you know, when you sort of, you, you, um, you work and you talk in like the sexuality, sexual health space, um, you you get into like the sex bubble. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that happens to me a lot because I speak often to people like, you know, yourself or, you know, others who are really kind of, you know, like talk about this all the time and have a real high level of comfort with talking about it. Yeah, it's like no big deal. Talking about sex is easy, but actually for a lot of people it's so not. No, I know. Um, And I think like that's sometimes what I think about because sometimes I think I get stuck in this uh, weird limbo with creating things where I'm like, you know, like I was just talking about, you know, this with you before and I get into this limbo when, when it's about sort of like maybe doing a podcast or writing another zine. I'm like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. people don't need to know about that. Everyone's already on top of that stuff, aren't they? And then I'm like, oh, but they don't. Like, they don't. Yeah, and then I'm like, well, no, they're not. And you know that because 
you're also you also were not and you're probably still not on a lot of stuff so yeah yeah, I think it's really important that we talk about this stuff even when it feels like you know like surely you don't need to talk about that yeah or like surely that's a bit basic but but we all went through that stage where that thing that we didn't know wasn't basic like all of us even the people that talk as though they know everything about sex now we all had to go through that stage of I do not know what the fuck I'm doing. And to be honest, sometimes I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Oh, no, same. Like I just want to like pop in a caveat too that, um, yeah, I like, you know, I'm learning stuff about sex every single day and I always, and that's like what's so great about it. And I think that that was sort of like really, um, you know, a way for me, a way for me into this kind of work and talking about this kind of thing was really a selfish way to just kind of educate myself <laughs> and like you know that was really like the radio show because I was like I was like oh god I, I just feel like this was stuff that I needed to know and surely someone else needs to know this and surely yeah surely there's at least one or two people out there that need to know this stuff too yeah <laughs> and like at the moment like you know I'm like okay well I'm in quarantine and you know, like, um, I'm in a relationship. And so like, there's different dynamics to that as well. Cause like some of us are, um, you know, home with a partner or partners and like, oh yeah. Like how are the poly people doing things right now? Like that's. I- oh my God. Yeah. There've been some discussions. People have more than one partner at the moment and trying to work that shit out. But then also maybe if you're locked down with one partner, then you could, you've got an opportunity to practice too. And not just solo practice. Yeah. To- so, and so that's like, yeah, like this is, a, this is another thing too. It's like, if you're, if you're home with someone that you, um, you know, is your sex partner, like great opportunity sex lab time sex lab time yeah time for the sex let's let us uh open the sex lab (laughs) i don't know that didn't sound as cool (laughs) as i thought but you you get the gist yeah i just (laughs) have like a vision then of like a really like um hot king scene like like with a a white coat and stuff yeah (sighs) i got really caught up in a in a previous podcast about like um fucking 100 climate scientists and we had this big fantasy about that it was really hot (laughs) So totally down for the sex lab scene. If anyone has a lab coat that they're willing to mail me, oh my god, I will send photos. Yeah, that would be really. Yeah, that's. I feel. I know. I feel like this is kind of. Um, I'm like surely, like yeah, like the sex creativity. Like once we've, I mean, it's really hard because it's also like this is very, very depressing time. But then on the other mm. hand, it's like I feel like you know shit's gonna get wild. Like you know, I think it is. I reckon. When we can, we're actually allowed out. We're just going to be like, I need to get laid. I need it right now. And I reckon if we have the the be, the the spoons and the time to put a bit of thought into our sex stuff now, we're going to be able to take those skills out with us when we get back out there and just start fucking like rabbits. Yeah, totally. I think like it's I yeah, it's really interesting to think about um yeah, like our sexual behaviour post pandemic and what that's going to mean for us mm-hmm. actually back out and I know what it's going to mean for me <laughs> <laughs> Jesus like oh my god yeah like, uh, I don't know but like what are you kind of like what's like what's this time for you I think like I'd be just interested to know like in terms of how are you kind of approaching like this oh in my like my self-learning stuff at the moment yeah my self-learning stuff is around so I've had some time to sit and think about my past relationships and experiences but it's also very much a, an experimenting it's like how can I connect with people yeah. 
in ways that uh, that I wouldn't normally because I have to learn new ways now. I can't come out and meet someone in person. So I've been chatting to a few people. I'm thinking if I want to get sexy with someone, how can I do that safely yeah. and comfortably? And what, how much, of, you know, am I comfortable taking naked photos and sending them to someone? Am I comfortable, like, doing a dirty talk session over the phone? Like, what's going to work? What's going to get me off that isn't just about, like, naked rolling around? So that I've been sort of really investigating what I'm into around that stuff and I've never had to do that before yeah I love that I've been thinking about like you know um I'm in a monogamous relationship but I've been talking to some friends who had you know were kind of like obviously you know like they're single and their dating life is like it's Mm -hmm. weird uh, kind of re-navigating of that and I'm just so yeah I'm really fascinated by it because it's not in the sense that it's so you know it's not like we weren't digitally engaging in that stuff before, but it's like well now that's all we'll we'll be doing. Uh huh. And we need to get good at it now. Yeah. If you, and it's a whole different skill set to rocking up in person and having a beer. Oh, completely. And I think like it really uh, sort of re-engineers the way that we're talking about the consent, and the communication. Um, yeah. You know, which obviously before we were you know, I was talking to a friend the other day and they were saying like, you know, I, th- I guess some people on dating apps just don't have great conversation skills. And I was like. Uh, that, that day, those days are over now. <laughs> I know. I was- <laughs> if you ain't got that, you're in trouble, mate. I know. And so like that's what we were saying. We were like, well, maybe that f- that could have flown before. But like now it's like you better get that game um, right. up to scratch pretty quickly. And so like maybe that's like something that, you know, people can be working on. It's like you know yeah. hey like I didn't really you know I always wanted to get good at like dirty talk but now is really the time to practice practice and so here's the next one like practice find things that you think might work for you and then like spend some time practicing and we have that time or most of us have that time oh yeah totally and I think like um yeah you know I guess too like it's sort of about um you know, like learning what, like learning what new boundaries are as well for you. Like, cause, yeah, because it's going to be different. Yeah. So I think you know, like, and that's part of the the practice and the um, you know, like the the you know, like you said, like learning how to interact with people sexually in a way that mm. isn't you know physical in person anymore. Yeah, and those all those new skills that come along with it. So that the new frontier. So, like, let, let me see if I can remember now the order because we've strung together this really awesome sort of curriculum <laughs> of self-learning from, um, so, like, ditching sex shame and ditching the pressure of just knowing because none of us know. And then we had um, then we had introspection, so sitting and thinking about your experiences and how you feel about them in the past and, yep. and what might you might want differently in the future. Then we had in isolation probably um, self-pleasure, like getting yourself off, learning your own body and stuff like that. Yeah. And then then we had kind of like um, reaching out and looking for info and applying those that sort of like common sense test and, the, and then the sort of the sex lab test, like, you know, okay, I'm going to try this but does it work for me? Yeah. And then, and then lastly we've sort of talked about the fact that Maybe we're all doing sex lab right now because we're we're all in a unique situation. So we've all sort of gone back to this situation where we all suddenly need to learn new skills and that maybe like if we put the effort in now, not only are we going to do better now, but we're also going to do heaps better when we're finally out of this 
and everyone is like going sex mad. <laughs> yeah, totally. And like, I mean, God, well, wouldn't it be great if we come out of this with like more well-rounded skills and like. Yes, and communication oh, skills and knowing more about ourselves from sitting alone thinking about it. Yeah, totally. I think too, like, you know, maybe just skipping back a bit to the self-pleasure um, step mm. well. And, you know, like, yeah, that might mean like, you know, really like we already talked about, you know, masturbating differently or really thinking about that. But I think that um, it's really important too to just connect with, you know, other things that might be really pleasurable for you during this time yeah. well that aren't. Yeah, pleasure in general. Yeah, totally, that aren't necessarily sex-related and that might be like, Mm-hmm. oh god you know like for me at the moment that's like finding a patch of sun and just like sitting quiet. Oh, I was gonna say exactly the same thing like my hedonistic sort of indulgence is going and lying in the sun on my balcony yeah yeah like it might just be something like that or I don't know like you know really enjoying food or yes like getting comfortable learning how you get comfortable like getting rugging yourself up on the couch like a burrito when you feel like you need that yeah, I think like just giving yourself what you need, um, you know, and like I think, you know, like if you live with um, other people, like, you know, it might just be like, I don't know, like giving each other a nice little massage or I don't know, like, you know, and I think it's not always about sex, that giving giving and receiving pleasure and allowing yourself to enjoy pleasure should be across the spectrum, right? Yeah, completely, like completely. Mm. I mean, sometimes for me that's just like, um, you know, Pleasure might just be like, I'm going to give myself a foot bath. Like I'm going to sit on the edge of the bath and dump some salt in the bath and just sit there. Like it is not fancy. Um, Sounds fancy. (laughs) Sounds great. (laughs) Um, I think we really need to, uh, I guess like in this time, because it's such a, it's such a strange time and it's, you know, Mm. weird and new to so many, well, to all of us. I think that, you know, what, pleasure might be doesn't need to be like a really you know like Mm. extravagant or highly sexualized thing like that might Mm, take the pressure off yeah completely I think that's really important at the moment and totally agree and also just like to you know flag like if you're I mean even though we're having this conversation like sex may be the furthest thing from your mind right I mean I don't know like social yeah. media seems horny as hell right now but <laughs> <laughs> but it's not everyone right and some people are just worrying about their fucking jobs yeah exactly and so I think too like uh, and this can be really tricky like I think if you're living in close quarters with you know your main sex partner or partners like there's really something to kind of be in that if you're if you're you might just not be into it at the moment because there might be a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. Yeah, or struggling with your relationship because you're stuck like right in each other's faces all the time. Yeah, totally. So I think really just being kind to yourself and like, um, you know, learning ways that you can both or all um, manage that is like a pretty tricky thing. And so I think like we all need to give a bit of a break on that. Mate, that is such good advice. Thank you. I think that's a really good thing to finish on, that being kind to yourself because we know this is going to be a tough time in a whole lot of ways for a whole lot of people. Um, And, yeah, like we can't expect to turn into sexual warriors unless we're looking after ourselves in general as well. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, So good. Thank you so much for sharing. I feel like this has been a really good chat actually for me personally. Um, I'd love to – I'd love to ask you to let people know where they can read more of your stuff and see more of your stuff because I know you're doing a lot at the moment. Uh, 
Yes. So you can kind of keep up to date. Um, Instagram's probably the best way. That bitch theme, mm-hmm. Z-I-N-E, on Instagram and also on Facebook. Um, I'm probably more active on Instagram. So just kind of keep mm-hmm. an eye on that. Hopefully I'll have another zine out soon talking about productivity. Like that's a bit That would be awesome. <laughs> You'll have to mail it to me. Yes, definitely will do. So just keep keep um, ahead of that for zines and hopefully a podcast coming soon. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, so exciting and it'll be really nice to keep an eye on your stuff during this time because, by God, I need – I need a bit of um, stimulation, so <laughs> writing. So I'll be really looking forward to that. <laughs> That's, good. That's very encouraging for me. <laughs> Please, yep, I'll hustle you if it helps. Oh, uh, actually, I would love that. Brilliant. Uh, thanks so much. It's really appreciated. Thanks for chatting. No worries. Bye, Georgie. Thanks for listening. I hope it's been as good for you as it's been for us. As with all my encounters, I love hearing feedback. You can find me online at artofthehookup.com and that's also the place to go to learn more about my book project. Please share this podcast with anyone that you think would benefit from hearing this stuff. Spread the word as well as the love and let's make the world of hookups a better place.